All right, welcome back to Bible Speaks Truth. Once again, my name is Jesse, and I am the one that is taking this journey. Now, I want to preface this message with what I originally thought I was going to be conveying tonight versus what I actually am going to be sharing with you. But uh, I think I have to give you some context as to what led me down this path so that you fully understand. And maybe uh, you too follow these people on YouTube and get a message from them from time to time. And so it might make sense to you. But if it doesn't, I'll try my best to explain this so that you can understand where I'm coming from. So, um, there's a gentleman by the name of Marcus Rogers that I follow on YouTube uh, and have for quite some time. Um, I believe he's extremely knowledgeable um, when it comes to the Bible. I think that he he knows that thing pretty much inside and out, and he claims to be a bit of a prophet, but has proven to be so, in my mind, with some of the things that he said in the past that have, quite frankly, come true. Uh, some things that he was mocked for. Um, you know, I'll just give you one example with Trump becoming president. Um, he was pretty much mocked for that, and... It became true, and he said it way, way, way before it was a popular thing. So, um, you know, he has backed it up with, with some of the things that uh, that have happened. And so, um, you know, Marcus talks a lot about societal things and really has a strong opinion um on things that go on in the world and a lot of those opinions are, are not popular ones um, a lot of those opinions uh, I believe some people would cringe at um, because they're gutsy uh, he talks a lot about homosexuality um, celebrities and just some of the things that uh, that aren't right with this world and he's not afraid to call it out and, you know, if I'm being honest, he's he's inspired me to do some of those same things. And I appreciate him for that. Now, Marcus is somebody that I've been following, like I said, for quite a while. Well, tonight, um, I was going through Marcus's YouTube timeline. And Marcus, uh, he does a, a, a good job of posting videos that other YouTubers make that basically call him out and call him a liar, call him a false prophet. And I think he does that for full transparency. Um, you know, he says it many times over that, you know, although he truly believes that God is giving him these messages uh, and these prophets and these visions that... Uh, he doesn't want you to take his word for it. He wants you to read the Bible for yourself and come to your own conclusion. And, you know, as a part of that, he, he will post videos of, of people that rebuke him. So the video that I came across tonight um, is from a gentleman by the name of 
Good Hope. And essentially, he is calling Marcus out for being a false prophet because he's saying that Marcus um, is is basically saying like, look, you know, if you're saved once, it doesn't mean that you are always saved and that you also have to do good works in order to be saved. And basically, this gentleman's rebuttal is, look, the Bible clearly states that you have to be, uh, you have to believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead, died for our sins, and as long as you do that once in your life, uh, you go to heaven. And I think they're both right to a certain extent. I also think that it's funny because this gentleman does take um, a message that, that Marcus wrote to him on the side, basically kind of defending himself um, for being rebuked by this gentleman. And he takes what Marcus says a little bit out of context. Now, while Marcus um, writes to him some things in the Bible um, that this gentleman believes Marcus takes out of context, uh, he also clearly states that um, good works alone will not get you into heaven. And so I, I think that that right there, which from my understanding is kind of a Mormon belief that you have to do good works on top of believing in God. Um, that will get you into heaven to where Christianity is more, Hey, if you believe in the resurrection of Jesus and that he died for your sins, that'll get you into heaven. Um, which by the way, that's, that's where I lean. Um, that's what I put my faith in that Jesus did die for our sins. He did rise, uh, from the grave and, because of that, uh, we forever will have salvation. But I understand what Marcus is saying, and I think, it, or at least my understanding of it is that he's basically saying, look, if you do believe these things and you've been saved, then God changes your heart and you naturally do good things because of it. Um you don't do good things because you're trying to get into heaven. You do good things because God has changed your heart. And when he says something like, you have to endure to the end to make it to heaven, you know, my understanding of that is you have to endure to the end of your earthly life that you truly do believe that Jesus died for our sins. And through that endurance... Um, you are saved and you go to heaven. You know, I, I, I believe that Marcus is also saying that, um, you can fall out of faith. You can fall out of believing those things. You can fall on dark times in your life that allow Satan to take hold of, of what you've got going on. And as a part of that, you truly don't believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And so it is, yes, possible that because you've once stated that and you've believed it, that you no longer believe it. 
Um, all of those things are possible. Saying it once and then not believing it later certainly, in my opinion, wouldn't get you to heaven. And so that's that's where I think Marcus is coming from. I could be completely wrong. Uh, maybe he'll hear this. Heck, I'll, I'll probably even send it to him and just get his thoughts on it uh, to see if I'm on base with his thinking. Um, and if I'm way off base, he may steer me down a path that makes me believe that uh, that uh, I shouldn't be following his teachings. I, I don't know, but um, I truly believe in my heart that that Marcus is um, is leading a lot of people down the right path, and and for him, uh, for that, I commend him. Um, with all of that said, that was a long intro um, into where my thought process was as I started to read the Bible tonight. And my initial thought was, you know, I was going to read the Bible to prove to myself, you know, who was right or who was wrong in this instance. And um, I started reading scriptures that talk about belief. And then that led me to scriptures that talk about hope and then scriptures that talk about faith. And as I'm reading them, I'm getting more and more confused and anybody that knows me knows that, um, you know, I go into something very prepared. If I'm giving a a speech in front of a group of people or a presentation of any kind, I will practice that thing a thousand times over. I will analyze every um, every ah, every pause, every break, my hand gestures, the way I enunciate things, like I will break it down. And the reason that I do that is because I used to have a, a big fear of public speaking. And so the way that I go into any public presentation is by over, um, over indexing, basically, um, over preparing. And then that gives me confidence that when I'm up there that I've done it a thousand times and then it becomes second nature. And I actually, I think I present pretty well because of it, um, or I've been told that I do. So when I go into a podcast like this one, a lot of times I go into it with maybe even reading just a line or two in the Bible and then God puts something on my heart and then I, I relay it to you. Uh, now, I'm very critical of myself, and so sometimes I'll start a recording, and I, I don't like the the way that I'm giving the message, and I don't feel like I'm concise enough, so I'll immediately erase it, and I'll just go at it again. But um, I normally don't take a lot of notes. I just try to speak from the heart, and so this is definitely different for me. Uh, it pushes me outside of my comfort zone, but... Uh, that's pretty much exactly what happened tonight. Like I said, I went really into it with an agenda and I was going to do not just tonight, but I was going to do even more research tomorrow because as I kept reading through scriptures, I was just getting more and more confused. And then finally I just said, screw it. That's enough. I'm just going to hit record and I'm going to go at it. So this podcast is the result of that. Now, I'm going to try to be very, very brief from here 
to the end because again I try to keep these things very short and it seems like now they're getting longer and longer but I have to uh, I had to tonight explain kind of where my thought process was just so that you understood exactly what led me down this path Um, because I feel like full transparency is the utmost important uh, with a message like this. So, um, all right. So what I did, like I said, is, uh, as I was reading through, um, the Bible, I was reading through messages of hope, belief, and faith, starting with belief. And I basically ended with looking up, um, looking up the meanings of each of these, uh, assigning a designation for each of them, and I'll get into that in a second, and then coming up with what I believe is the perfect scripture that kind of intertwines all of these things. Um, so the first one is belief. So belief, the definition is an acceptance that a statement is true or something exists. So the way that I best describe this is your head. Your head usually finds truth or what it believes and perceives to be true based off of what you've fed it uh, from a knowledge base. So whether you read it in a book, you've seen it with your own eyes, um, you've watched a video on it, You've done countless hours of research on it. Um, by the end, your head um, now believes that this is true because there is proof. Okay? So that's belief. Um, hope. So hope to me... Um, well, first of all, the definition, a feeling of trust. Well, I liken that to your gut. I mean, what do you always say? Oh, I've got a gut feeling about this. Um, you're trusting your gut and it's feeling, and that is hope. Now, what's interesting is when you hear the word hope, a lot of times we associate that with a pipe dream. Uh, we say things like, oh man, I hope I win the lottery when you play. Or when you're a kid, oh, I hope it snows tomorrow so that we don't have school. Like you're liking it to a pipe dream, but really the definition of hope is a feeling of trust. And so that's your gut telling you, hey, do this because this will happen. And you really trust that feeling and so you chase it. And then the last one is faith. Um, And the definition of this, and again, they intertwine a lot of these, but uh, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Um, again, the definition of hope talks about trust and now the definition of faith also talks about trust, but they talk about it differently. Um, your faith, in my opinion, is your heart. So complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So I'll give you an example. When you turn your heart over to somebody, um, your life partner or what have you, um, you have complete trust or confidence in that someone that they are going to do right by you, that they're going to care for you, that they're going to love you, and that they're going to be in it for the long haul. 
So that's why you give your heart to them. Okay. So as I read through multiple scriptures trying to figure this out, um, I came across the perfect one. And this is written by the Apostle Paul. It's 1 Corinthians. And it is 1 Corinthians 15. Now, this is long, so again, (laughs) bear with me here as I read through this. And I'm going to read through about half of it. And I I hope that um, you kind of understand where I'm coming from. And listen for the three key words. So hope, belief, and faith. And think of your gut, your head, and your heart. Okay? So in this scripture, he's talking about the resurrection of Christ. So once again, 1 Corinthians 15. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message that I told you. Unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. So I'm going to pause there. He used the word belief, um, which again is your head. So he's saying, standing firm in what you believed, unless you believed something that was never true. Um, okay, so let me let me move on here. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. So this was his teaching. This was their belief because he taught it. Okay. Just as the scripture said, he died for our sins. He was uh, buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day. Just as the scripture said, he was seen by Peter and then by 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, As though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy of being called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. By whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through through me by his grace. So it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message you have already believed. So that portion was talking about your head and belief. 
All right, the next portion. So now we're at uh, 1512. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preachings are useless. And your faith is useless. So your faith is your heart. Okay? So basically just saying that your head believes this, but now your heart is saying that you won't be raised from the dead. Well, listen, if you believe that Christ rose from the dead, then you have to have faith that you also will raise from the dead. Okay? Otherwise, none of this makes sense. Okay? And if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then all of our preachings are useless, and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave, but that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of the great harvest of all who have died. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there, and that's where I'm going to uh, end my reading. But he said, uh, and if our hope in Christ, so your gut feeling, if your gut feeling in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. And basically what he's saying there is if we believe in God and we believe that he rose from the dead and we put hope in that, but we don't have faith that we too can rise from the dead then really we should be pitied by those around us because this whole thing, this whole Bible, this whole God thing is fake and we've wasted our lives. It's a really strong message. Um, but in 1 Corinthians 15, basically 1 through 20, he uses all three of those words. And when you put it in the context of hope being your gut, belief being your head, and faith being your heart, this whole thing makes sense. And really, the whole thought process around Christianity also makes total sense. 
I know this is a lot. I know that I just unpacked a ton. Um, I kind of went all over the place. And again, that's because I'm not preparing <laughs> the way that I would for a speech. I'm just giving you what, what God has put on my heart. But um, again, I, I think that, you know, as you read through the Bible, you listen to people on YouTube. Um, if you're like myself, you can be confused. Um, you can have a hard time navigating what is actually true. Uh, is it as simple as believing that, um, you know, Jesus rose from the dead and therefore our sins have been forgiven. And so that will put us in heaven. Um, or is it having faith that God loves us all? And so he's going to put us in heaven um, because we believe in that or is it putting hope into things and basically putting together a bunch of good deeds and I really think that the answer is is a little bit of all three I mean if you believe that that God put Jesus on earth and Jesus died rose from the grave for all of our sins then You've got to have faith that he will do it with you as well, as long as you believe in that. And, you know, with with hope and, and all of those other things intertwined, your heart's going to change and, and God's going to, uh, God's going to have you doing good deeds because he's working through you. And so, like I said, the answer is kind of all three, um, but you can't really have one without the other. So you can't just believe that doing a bunch of good deeds will get you to heaven. You can't just believe that God or Jesus rose from the dead and, and um, you know, because of that, you're going to heaven. It's really a little bit of all three and, and they all work together, they all intertwine together, just like your body, um, or just like your gut, just like your mind, and just like your heart. Um, they all play off of one another, even though they all can act separately at times. Uh, without one, you're not really going to be able to guide yourself through life. Sometimes you have to go with what your gut is telling you to make a decision, Sometimes you have to follow your heart to make a decision. And sometimes you have to use logic in your mind to make a decision. But all three are needed. And really, um, none are more important than the other. And without one another, you just simply won't make it through life in a, in a positive manner. So thank you for bearing with me on this message again. It seems like my uh, my podcasts are getting longer and longer. I will try to rectify this, and I will try to keep them under that 15-minute uh, mark and really closer to that 10-minute mark, but you know, I just had a lot to unpack tonight, and so here it is. Um, God bless you. He loves you. And until next time, I am Jesse, and this is Bible Speaks Truth.